In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. All right, it is In the Lab time, and I'm Drew Doherty. And, man, John Harris, what a week it was. I don't care. I know you got to move on to Denver and everything, mm-hmm. but that was a fun win over the New England Patriots. Yeah, well. And here's the table of contents. A, we're going to start out with why that win was so delicious to us personally. I like that word. It's B, word. we're going to do our cream of the crop. And then C, we're going to convince each other why the Texans need to worry about Denver. And it's not hard to do that, okay? Yeah. So let's start out with why that was so delicious. And I'm going to be the ball hog to begin things. It's all right, Iverson, go. You know why it was so delicious? Because... About an hour after the game, mm-hmm. and then yesterday, I ran into various coworkers throughout the building, guys in IT, guys in video production, mm-hmm. people in accounting. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of those folks had, through the years, made that trip up to New England with us. Yep, that's a good point. You know, mm-hmm. and like, for example, Derek Monty. Derek does an awesome job in mm-hmm. IT. I mean, he makes sure when we're on the road, everything's operating yeah. perfectly. Derek's been around a long time. Those guys, when they go on the road, I think have the toughest job. Like, when yeah. we go on the road, I mean, we do work on Sunday. When we get there on Saturday, like, free we time. Go for a run. We They're making nap. sure I mean, everything's working technology-wise. 24-7, 365. Like, for the coaches, the for the players, for the, for the video staff. But Derek and I are walking up uh, to the break room mm-hmm. well after the game is over, well after all the, the players have talked and everything. And mm-hmm. I was just like, man, you, you've made that trip to New England, right? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I can't remember which game he told me it was, but it was one that did not end well. I mean, none of them ended well. They were yeah, all losses. But I think it was well. one that ended particularly poorly. Ugh. I think it was the Brissett game. But oh, it, it was God. just cool. You know, like, we were relishing that. And mm-hmm. I saw Anthony Shade. He's also in IT. We were relishing that yesterday. And, and folks who've been around for a while. So, you know, I've been here since 2009. I, I, Derek got here a few years after me. Mm-hmm. It was just fun. Shade was here before me. It's just fun going through and and kind of um, enjoying that win over a team that has just dominated you over the years. You know what I made me think of, Drew, was from a regular season standpoint, and I, I feel like this is not – it's not the same, but when we were up in Indianapolis in 2015, yeah, we had not beaten Indianapolis up there. Ever. And we finally beat them. And I'm looking around the sideline, and I'm looking at all – the guys that are on that sideline that have been there forever, that have been there for a while. You see Doug West. Roland Ramirez. Roland Ramirez. Jeff Kaplan. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing all these guys that have been through every gut punch loss. Because these players, some of them some of them have been through it. You know, J.J. had been through it since 2011. Watt had been up there. I mean, the whole, you know, the J.J. Weeks. Watt game in 2011. You know, Weeks had been up there for a while. You know, Kareem. Uh, at that time, had been up there. That was his sixth trip up there. They just couldn't, just couldn't break through. And then just kind of seeing that sideline, it was like this cathartic, like release of uh-huh. we finally got. And then what did we do the next year? We went back up there and did it again. And then we did it in eighteen. We beat yep. them three out of four years up there, and it was kind of like it broke the seal. But there was just this that same kind of feeling of that team up there, Indianapolis had put us through hell for so many years in this organization, and we'd been close. We'd been close, but just couldn't break through, and I mean, 2014, the year before, you felt like 
okay, maybe there's a chance to break through today. Fitzy's been hot. You know, maybe we can do this, and Fitzy gets hurt. Like, my God. Then Savage comes in, and it's a mess for a while. But then Tom starts making a few plays, and now it's a it's close. And then there's a touchdown, but, oh, it's called back. Now you got to set up for a field goal. And like, you know, you came so close. But then when you finally break through in 2015, it was very similar to playing the Patriots. In in uh, in 2013, you, you, you got close. Even with a team that was not that good. 13, oh. I see. I, I don't need. I, Man, I scrubbed that. From my I, I know, I but like, but it was so close. Like thirty seven, thirty four. I mean, Case had a great yeah. ball game, but but you couldn't couldn't get the win. Twenty seventeen was particularly galling because you did have the win in your hands, and then Brady does Brady things. Yeah. Um. Even though we had him fumble, had a near interception, but we couldn't finish it. Yep. That's why making the plays the other night to win that game when it got to twenty eight to nine. I kept thinking, okay, it's not over. It's not over. They're like nine forty-five left in the game, and I, I just because of the way our offense operated and because yeah. of what they were doing that night, I was like, the, but they I can't worried come about, back from this. They I worried about taking the foot off the gas, though. Yeah, and, and I think they sort of lulled us into that because if you remember, nine forty-five left, you're down by nineteen. Abandon the run, just start chucking. The first thing they do is hand off to James White. I'm like, what are they doing? And we're in six defensive backs expect it was probably genius it sort of lulled us into this mode of um okay look they're sort of giving up just kind of give them what they want and just run this clock because at that point you're you're playing the clock and it sort of lulled us to sleep and and thankfully it ends up being a good lesson for us to like hey you keep the foot on the gas yeah no matter who you're playing but i think there were so many things about this game that were just glorious and that was and, and, and i'll be honest I don't hate Tom Brady the way a lot of people do. I respect the hell out of him. And, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I, I you know, I cheer for him. Right. But I like the fact that he was a six-round underdog that's made this career where nobody thought he could do it. And But I loved seeing him frustrated. I loved <laughs> seeing him on the sideline frustrated as heck. You know, like yelling at his receivers, we've got to be faster, we've got to be more explosive. He basically finger-rolled his helmet that – Coming off the sideline, oh, yeah. it was second, beautiful. Second quarter, yeah. it was beautiful because I went back and watched the broadcast. I watched the broadcast with a little kind of mini fast forward because I wanted to hear what Al and Chris were saying, mm-hmm. and that was one thing. And then one of the other things that kind of stood out to me, and Alan and, and Chris talked about this a bunch, but really struck me being down on the field was how much faster we were than they were. Our cover guys were faster, way faster. Our offensive, our receivers were faster. Um, Duke Johnson was faster. We kind of flipped the script with with Duke finally on them to say, look, you've been hurting us with Deion Lewis and James White and Rex Burkhead and all these damn receivers that could catch a pass out in a flat and kill us. Steven Ridley back then. Ridley and Vereen and all these guys. And finally we said, uh, we got him, Duke Johnson, and you're going to have a nightmare against him. I mean, Duke was fantastic. It was like, we're going to flip the script on you. Can your linebackers cover him? Because we've now found linebackers to cover your guys. And, in fact, we've been taking it, a different, we've taken it to another step. We have found corners to cover your running back because we got corners that can cover all your other receivers. So we're going to take our best corner, and we're going to put him right there on 28. And he's not going to get anything. But then White gets a bunch of his catches late in the game. Because the Texans are off playing zone, and that means you're not, you know, you don't have Roby on him. When Roby was on White, shut him down. When yep. Roby was on the outside, shut him down. And one of the things that I heard Chris say, which I thought was interesting, was 
when they talked to Rack during the production meetings, Rack told him, watch Roby. He'll be everywhere. He'll cover everybody. Mm-hmm. And he did. There were times he was covering Edelman. There were times he was covering a tight end. There were times he was covering James White. He covered everybody. He covered Nikhil Harry. Uh, the interception was fantastic because Nikhil Harry is six foot three, two fifteen, six four, two fifteen. Robes five ten, five eleven, one ninety. And at the top of the route, Roby just out physicaled him. Yeah, he wanted the ball. He wanted the ball. And seeing that throughout the night at at, at a lot of different spots, DJ Reader was phenomenal. Jake Martin. Again, going back to the speed thought, I've been here since 2007, Drew, and the one thing I feel like the Texans have always lacked, they've, they've had pass rushers and good ones. Now, obviously, they've had one of the greatest of all time. What they never had is speed. Yeah. Just pure, flat-out speed. Jake Martin has pure, flat-out speed, and he made life miserable for Marcus Cannon. Cannon had a holding, gave up a sack and a half, if they were to face each other again, I'm sure Cannon would have. Okay, I gotta know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna handle this dude. And what I saw later on was the Patriots giving Martin the ultimate respect, and that was the running back chip to his side. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate respect. Like, hey, we better help because he's a problem. And he was a problem. Reader was phenomenal in the middle. Phenomenal. Cover guys were really really good. Offensively executed very very well when they had the ball. There was like a uh, I want to say like a. 26-27 play disparity between the Patriots. They ran 79 plays, I think, and the Texans ran 52. But yardage per play, the Texans were 5.3. Much more efficient. 5.7. Much more efficient. And Much more explosive. Yeah. And Brady was like, at one point, he was like 7 of 20. Mm-hmm. He was like 9 of 25. He got... Obviously, as the Texans went into kind of prevent mode, he kind of picked up some of that well, stuff. Well, his first but, half, though, was just, I mean... The Texans just bludgeoned him. Yeah, they you know they got. They oh, hit him by a the way, the Texans times. have a pass rush. Yeah, they hit him a really? dozen they have times. Really, a pass rush? Night. Oh, I didn't know. All right, uh, before we do cream of the crop, I want to remind you: post game entertainment starts with Redbox. Redbox has the newest movies fresh from the theater, starting at just a dollar seventy five a night. And for three dollars a night, try the hottest video games for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch. Go to the box at your favorite retailers or stream your movies instantly on demand. Get together with family, friends, the crew, whoever. Make it a movie night. Make tonight a red box night. All right, cream of the crop time. The cream of the crop. And I'm going to go with, let's say, like, no Deshaun Watson. You can't choose Deshaun Watson because he was cream of the crop. Had a cream of the crop performance. I'm going to go with Roby, okay? Oh, man, that's a good one. I'm taking him, man. I know it because of what all the stuff you just mentioned about him playing all over the place. But coming up with that interception was Massive. That's huge. I mean, just massive. Yeah. Set you up, and the Texans are able to capitalize after the helmet penalty, which, hey, come on, Roby, keep your helmet on. And then later on, he gets that second pick, got called for the, the pass interference. He, I can understand why, but, you know, the, 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 the receiver was messing with him too. Yeah. Could have seen a no call, but I understand why. You know, when I, I, I came over to the, to the dark side on that one, you know who the you know who it was that told me a hundred percent? Oh, it was a penalty. It was Bill O'Brien? Uh huh. Ob said, "Oh, he definitely held him. Yeah, he held his arm. He yeah. like he knew like he was. I I from my angle, I was like, hey. Then I saw the replay. I was like, I don't know. That's as much interference. TV like, broadcast. Yeah. He, Ob it. was like, oh yeah, yeah. He was interference. But you know what was nice? He follows that up with a shot out of the cannon sack. I think on the next play. It was on third uh, down. Yeah. 
It was and, on that drive, yeah. And it gets the Texans off the field. And on the whole, just like you said, he bottles up everybody that he covers that night. It was a fun, fun night to see him because he'd come back from injury. He hadn't seen him since Kansas City, John. Yeah. Kansas City seems like an eternity ago. <laughs> so forever. Doesn't that? And so he comes back and does that. And now you're going to find this out on uh, Texans Extra Points because you're coming on the show with me and with Clint Sterner this week. But uh, – He's going to be my player to watch because he's facing his former team in the Denver Broncos. All right, who's your, who is your cream of the crop from Sunday Night Football? The cream of the crop. Boy, uh, I feel like you went defense, so I should probably go offense. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like that's the case. And I feel like I, you could say DeAndre Hopkins every week. Me had four catches for first downs. His first four for first downs. And he mm-hmm. caught one on third down at the end. I feel bad for but, you know, PPR league and fantasy, you're probably happy with that. Uh, but he got tackles on a screen. They were just trying to run a clock down. But his first four catches went for first downs. Stephon Gilmore, oh, he's the greatest corner in the league. You know, Hop's going to get his, and, and right. he did. And it was he was schemed up sometimes. He just won one-on-one sometimes. I mean, he, is, he was fantastic. But I'm going to go to Duke Johnson. I feel like Duke, John- Duke Johnson was the one player the Patriots had a tough time uh, getting handle on. Kyle Van Oy couldn't cover him in man coverage. Dante Hightower couldn't cover him in man coverage. They tried to cover him with, with uh, Patrick Chung later on. Couldn't do it. I mean, Duke had the best run of the night. Yep. Duke Johnson, to me, was the cream of the crop player. Felt like he was the one guy the Patriots really couldn't get a handle on at all. I mean, you could make a case that you know Stills with the touchdown, you know, Hop with what he did, Fells getting open. But Duke Johnson was the one guy they just couldn't match up with. And, John, that's a great choice. And I want to remind you that uh, Duke Johnson, you gave up a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's not your third-round pick. It's right. a compensatory pick that right. the Texans are going to get. So essentially a fourth-rounder. Yeah, it's basically a fourth-rounder. So keep that in mind when people say, oh, they gave up their third. They did not give up their third-rounder. Mm-hmm. They gave up a third-rounder, and it's basically a fourth because it's going to be one of those compensatory picks. Just sit, simmer down, sit tight. Because all is well, friends. I know people freak out about all that stuff, yeah. but you still have up, a, you still have a third because the Gary and Conley third that's from Seattle. Seattle, yeah. So and people freaking out about the oh, you give up a third for Johnson. I mean, you're getting tremendous value mm-hmm. back, and you've got him, I believe, under control. Con- con- I hate that word control. Yeah. I think he's he's under contract through at least next year, at yep. least. So I can't for sure. But he's been invaluable to you. He's been excellent. Invaluable. He's excellent. been incredible. Yep. Okay, those were our cream of the crops. Now we have to convince each other, but this doesn't take long. We have to convince each other that you can't overlook the Denver Broncos. And you know what I'll do to convince you? Their defensive line, if Von Miller winds up playing, you got to worry about a Hall of Famer in mm-hmm. Von Miller. Don't know if he's going to play, though, but yeah. you know, he was kind of he didn't get to play last weekend because of the knee. But that defense can still play. Sure. It can still mess with people. you still got Chris Harris who can mm-hmm. cover anybody. Kareem Jackson knows what you do. Yeah, he does. There no, Nobody hits harder in franchise history, Texans franchise history, than Kareem Jackson. I mean, that unless you want to really go micro and, and bring up Tim Dobbins because that guy could pummel you. But yeah. uh, consistently over time for an extended stretch, pound for pound, mm-hmm. nobody tougher than that guy, Kareem Jackson. Never got injured, which is amazing because he was one of the smaller Texans in team history the, and hit like an absolute wrecking ball. Yeah, and the guy next to him, Justin Simmons, I think is one of the more underrated safeties in the league. Young dude who's making plays on the ball. But defensively with Vic Fangio's system, they can throw a lot of different things at you. 
if you are a fan of Texans history, you saw Vic Fangio defense way, way, way back in the day. So they'll throw a lot of different things at you defensively. And offensively, you know, Drew Locke is a rookie. You know, there are things that, as a rookie, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And sometimes that's good. You're like, hey, wait, Drew, you're not supposed to make that throw. Well, but I can. Oh, okay. And then he does. So they faced some younger quarterbacks at Energy Stadium this year. Gardner Minshew had some success in the fourth quarter. Kyle Allen threw the ball very well against the Texans pretty much all day long. And then now you got this guy coming in. So it's kind of the, at least, you know, with Brady, you have so much film on Brady. You have so much knowledge of Brady and so much knowledge of what the Patriots do. The Broncos could be doing something completely different this week because now they're they're tapping into what Drew Locke gives them. So it, there's some mystery about that. Philip Lindsay is going to run his butt off. Yeah. That's smaller than both of us, and did he a, is going to run hard. Did a good job on him last year. Yes. The Texans did. Very good job on him. Now, what the Texans need to exploit is an offensive line that still has some trouble. But they got to realize with Locke, it's not like Brady. Locke will take off. He will run, and he will throw on the run. And he's got a strong arm. So he's going to try and stick the ball into spaces that you don't even think is a space. So this team is coming in with some confidence. They got that win last week against the Chargers. There have been other games where they should have won and just couldn't finish the game. Uh, the Bears game being one. I mean, this team should honestly be 6-6. Six and six. So 6-6 six and six probably gets your attention more than 4-8 and eight does. But they overall, they're not as talented as you. They're not as good a football team as you. But they have, they have areas on the team where they can hurt you. Cortland Sutton's one of the better young, physical, big wide receivers. Here's my comparison. He's a poor man's, young man's Julio Jones. That's the style of play you'll see. He is not Julio Jones, but that's the style of play, and that's the kind of guy he can be down the road. Poor man's, young man's Julio Jones. You follow me? Yeah, I know you do. John, this was fun. Let's Appreciate do you. In the Lab again next week. Thank you for listening.